This podcast is not available via 8-track tape. Hello, this is Emo Phillips, and I am an outcast, apparently. Loto. Podcast interesting for Tan Stranger Things.tv's Earl Newton. Comedy. It's what we do. Enjoy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Roto version 4, episode 51. Yeah, I think I'm going to go back to that old numbering system because this whole, like, us being in our, you know, prepubescent teens, uh, you know. Well, no, I guess we were about to, what, episode 14 or 15 or something like that. But that's still, I like the sound of 51. It sounds like we're more matured. And to be honest, people were giving me shit when I asked them to be on our 50th episode when they realized that it was also our, you know, five-year anniversary. So I figure, you know, 10 episodes a year, the average probably isn't all that good. So we're going to up those numbers. That's right. We've upped our comedy quality. So up yours. All right, so <laughs> Earl, how you doing, man? Long time I'm doing no talking. Excellent well, I'm going on about 45 minutes sleep, so if I seem a bit punchy, that's why. And by the way, we're torturing puppies in the other room, so if you hear little barking sounds, puppies currently grilling them for information, um, leading us to the Keebler elves and the secret snacks. Were they some of the people recently released from Guantanamo? Uh, no, they they have not been recently released. They have just been transferred. Ah, uh, and ah. We're, we're sort of doing even more in-depth torture technique. I understand. Um, here in our compound, which I like to call Guantanamo Bay Junior. Guantanamo Bay Junior. It sounds like something from Fisher Price. My first torture rack. It it actually is. It's all little plastic toys, like play it's a fantastic mobile? little thing. Everything is child safe and terrorist unfriendly. Ah, I like it. So, uh, no choking hazards for uh, for a small child. However, anyone of terrorist descent is exactly. It's like it's it's safe. It's safe for children uh, uh, two and below. Not mm-hmm. safe for you know terrorist minded people twenty five and above. It's weird how that works. Uh, although I don't believe that the PC term is terrorist anymore. Or what is it now? I believe it is a fear mongering American. Fear-mongering American? Yes, I believe that's... Uh, that's well, the name it, it, for the terrorists? Yes, because they are fear-mongers. They enjoy inducing fear in others. Much like a oh, warmonger, okay. Okay. monger's okay. war, I was like, a whoremonger. American? That sounds like George Bush. Well, a I little bit. I couldn't um, tell where you were going with that, and that was political commentary, everybody. Exactly, and one last bit of uh, political commentary. There is a huge comedy shortage here in america now with uh new president-elect obama because let's face it comedians are going to be terrified to make any jokes about a man that could be conceived as racist so i'm really interested to see what will happen to snl so you know what i'm gonna do the first one because i voted for barack obama but i absolutely cannot stand the idea that we can't make fun of anyone Wait, you didn't uh, vote for and, me? And I'll tell you this. You exactly, ass. This was, actually, this was not my joke. It was told to me by another friend of mine who is actually a Barack Obama supporter all the way, uh, who is actually black. But uh, but the, 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 the joke was, the most difficult part of the Obama presidency is really just going to happen in the first couple of days when uh, President Obama uh, refuses to sit in the back of the limo. <laughs> so... That's going to be the biggest challenge, and there's going to be a big civil rights movement about that. So you're assuming that uh, President Obama is going to be the Rosa Parks of Air Force One? 
He's going to be. He's going to be like, no, I want to sit in the front. And they're like, no, Mr. President, you can't sit in the front. He's like, no, I can sit in the front. We, yeah, yes, we can. He's like, no, no, you really can't. <laughs> well, it's, it'll be a little bit different than when George Bush first got into Air Force One. He's like, hey, man, what do I got to do to get one of them pairs of wings and stuff? Can I shit in a, can I shit in a pilot seat? I think that'd be a lot of exactly fun. Exactly right. Exactly right. Yeah. Actually, what he tried to do is stick all the pilots in the back, tell them nothing, direct them via his own information cabinet in Halliburton, and anyway, there was, it's, that, that was a long political tirade that's not going to work. So, <laughs> that said, how are you, sir? I'm just glad that you believe in late-term abortions of jokes. That's a, <laughs> and that officially ends our political discourse. <laughs> I'm doing good, actually. That had, is, uh, oh my God, I do believe in late-term abortion. That's beautiful. Go ahead. <laughs> Lord Michaels, we're talking to you. Uh, the <laughs> well, uh, things are going really good. Let's see here. A little while ago, got to see hero of mine, a wonderful, great comedian that nobody's ever heard of. His name is Emo Phillips. Got to go with uh, Susan Z and Christiana Ellis and also the uh, co-hosts, uh, a co-host of Susan's other show, Nerd Up, which is available at nerd-up.net. Um, Emo David? Phillips. Now he's he's the one famous for singing that song. When I think about you, I cut myself. Right? No, 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 no. That was actually the theme song to to Chuck Norris's emo film, The Cutter. Oh, of course. All right, sorry, yes. my bad. Go ahead. But uh, but no, Emo Phillips. Uh, he was amazing on stage. Amazing to see in person. I've been following this guy for uh, fourteen years since I heard his first album, E equals M O squared. And you may remember him. He was the shop teacher in the amazing Weird Al Yankovic's amazing film UHF. Now, afterwards, I was hoping to get an interview with him, but he is somebody who has a gimmick on stage, so he didn't really want... So he wasn't comfortable with the interview, but he said, but I'd like to talk to you instead of an interview. I'd like to talk to you as a friend. We can have a conversation. So I was like, okay. So I actually got to hang out with uh, just him for about 20 minutes, just talking and and it was a dream come true because i got to talk a little bit about uh comedy the state of comedy in uh in america now especially uh with the internet and then of course with um of course the one of the main problems was that we also started to talk about doors not the doors just doors in general and apparently i believe it was vermont has some of the heaviest doors okay yeah actual anecdote <laughs> You're like actual useless bit of information that brought to you by Emo Phillips. Exactly, and and honestly, it was a dream come true for me uh, as as he is one of my comedic heroes, and I find that sure. my writing style tends to follow his, where it goes in one direction and then just takes an absolute left turn that you never saw coming, but it makes absolute perfect grammatical sense. Well, congratulations! I'm glad to hear that. How did you get his Thank autograph? You. Did you do the whole uh, autograph thing? Oh yeah. Well, um, I bought his latest CD, which came out in 2001. Yes, uh, I did get him to sign the. <laughs> The CD, which he says has a picture of his face, and he drew a big word bubble. And in there it says, I'm glad you're not Hitler. What that means, yes. I don't know. But I am starting a collection of very unique autographs. I have a copy of Tricks of the Podcasting Masters, uh -huh. which, of course, one of, of my course. projects or a project that I was a partner with with Nathan Butler, uh, Fan Audio Made Easy. When Murr signed it, she signed, I have to pee. Mer Lafferty. So, so far I've got two incredibly odd, unique signatures. So I think that might be something that I, I hope to expand on. Okay. So like the third one needs to be like the signature on a restraining order or perhaps 
Oh hell, I got that. Oh well, see, you got three. You got three. The the number. It's you. You're not realizing the depth and breadth of your collection. Well, but the thing is, a lawyer drew that up. I was rather hope. I'm hoping that the original person could be the one that writes whatever it is. So it's something unique and personal to them. <laughs> Unfortunately, you can't be within a hundred yards of that person. So. <laughs> so your dreams will have to remain dashed for that moment. That is yeah, tremendous, sadly. though. That's that's awesome. You get to meet them. I don't think I've ever actually met a hero of mine. I don't think I've ever. I met Aerosmith once, but they're they're not really. I don't really look at them and be like, "Yes, lose half my life in the '80s." That's what I wish to do. I mean, I don't really. <laughs> there's not a lot about. I mean, Aerosmith is great and everything, but but I just don't. I don't. I don't draw a lot of inspiration from Aerosmith. I want to meet Lars from Metallica wearing a Napster shirt. <laughs> that, that is also one of my goals. But another dream. Speaking of dreams, now a lot of you know that I am working at a local wrestling, uh, independent wrestling federation, as a ring announcer. Yes. And I showed up at the show last Saturday, and they had a, a nice little tidbit of information. They said, "Well." We have an angle that we'd like to do with you. And I said, okay, sounds good. What do you guys need? And they said, well... Do you know what the Greek position is? Yeah. <laughs> You're like gladiator films, Billy. Greco-Roman so <laughs> wrestling. And so they, uh, my boss pitched to me that when I go out in the ring, uh, in the, I'm going to go through the opening spiel. You know, welcome to SWE. You can visit our website at feeltheshock.com. Here's the rules. No cursing, no hitting, Steal no the touching. Shock. Yes, because we're Shockwave Wrestling Entertainment. Gotcha. I did not make the website, but... <laughs> okay. See, she... I've been to Feel the Shocker. No, well, that's a little bit different. That's a little bit different, and, but... Uh... And that's where my head went. I'm like, what the... what? Uh, huh, huh? Okay. We're a very and special then, then, then kind of wrestling. And the whole Greco roman wrestling tied right into that, and I'm like, this is too, this is too much of a coincidence. <laughs> Dan Brown's going to write a book about this. <laughs> Angels and Shockers, yeah. Exactly, so, right. And surprisingly, not banned from the Vatican. Um, <laughs> Kid tested, Vatican approved. <laughs> so they pitched this idea that I go out in the ring, and after I go through my spiel, I announce the, the national anthem. And halfway through the national anthem, they're going to cut it off, and the general manager is going to come out. Now, this is going to earn him immediate heat. Okay. So he comes into the ring, and he starts complaining about the way I'm dressing because I'm not in a suit because, well, they don't pay me enough. <laughs> also that, you know, I'm late and all this stuff, which I'm never late. I come close a few times, but I'm never late. He gets pissed off, and he's like, and you've been disrespecting me this whole time. So you know what? And he hauls off, and he slaps me. I was like, all right. And I go to slap him back. Yeah. The punk flinches. What? So instead of a nice meaty palm upside his face, eliciting a wonderful pop, a snapping sound across his cheek, eliciting cheers from the audience, I ended up getting two fingers on his temple. Now the crowd still cheered. I felt good. I was on my way out to the ring because I bail because, of course, his two goons rush me. So I get out of the ring. And so what we're doing is we <laughs> are right. setting up a feud, and I am going to wrestle in my very first wrestling match next month. Oh my god! So, so where does that? So, how does that come? Okay, so you're you're kind of taking us behind the scenes on this whole thing. Well, how does that? Well, how do they prep you? I guess is my question. What do they do? Well, they basically told me like, "Hey, uh, we're going to do this angle with you." Oh, are you talking about how to get into the ring? Yeah, like the actual. Actually, I mean, obviously the they're, gonna, they're they're not just going to do it, but I mean prep you like like. 
are you are there going to be moves rehearsed? Is it because I mean this is a very physically intensive sport? Mm-hmm. What how does well, this go down? Well, first off, there's going to be limited moves that they're going to show me because I'm just a ring announcer. So as in gimmick, I would not be a trained wrestler. So I would I shouldn't know any wrestling moves, which is fortunate because unfortunately it's not going to matter. You see, in the main event, which I actually featured, which yeah, <laughs> bang, I win. Does it count if I pin his corpse? <laughs> so Jake the Snake Roberts, who made a special uh, appearance for our Fed, which was wonderful, meeting him and talking to him for all of two seconds. Wow, I didn't know that. Congratulations. Yeah, I talked to him for about two seconds, mainly because I think he may have been on a few things, some uppers or whatever, but, uh, but a lovely man. How are the, how's the snake? <laughs> he that's, he that's doesn't good. roll with the snake anymore. He travels too much, and they don't. Thanks to nine eleven, they don't allow, apparently. Well, it's either nine eleven or that Samuel L. Jackson movie. They don't allow snakes on a plane. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So you, you definitely don't want to try to smuggle one of those inside you. I don't care how good the condom is. <laughs> I ain't slipping it in. Or but, maybe you do. Oh. So anyway, go ahead. speaking, feel the shocker. <laughs> oh, uh, go ahead. <laughs> The general manager, in in the main event, the general manager hops up on the ring apron, which is the little bit that's outside the ring, but still on the ring. And uh, he's distracting the ref, so the bad guys can double-team Jake. And he, the ref turns around, so he hops off the apron. Well, Mm -hmm. apparently the boy didn't have his landing gear down all that secure, and he ended up breaking his knee getting out of the ring oh my god so you know i'm like oh he'll do anything to get out of a match with me <laughs> but uh no he just apparently can't get, <laughs> he'll out, do of anything to get out of a match with me are you okay yeah it was it's just like son of a bitch so not only because i was suspended for the night after he slapped me because he's general manager can apparently do that so not only did i not <laughs> get to introduce to the ring jake the snake roberts a dream of mine as a child but apparently i'm not going to be able to work a program in the ring another dream since i was a kid now I'm, i've got to talk to the owner and guy who, who does all the booking because we may be able to come up with some kind of alternative but sure. it's looking pretty doubtful so unfortunately my first shot in the ring doesn't look like it's going to happen so Oh, I'm sorry. To hear yeah, that. that's the way it goes. But I do have some real quick good news. Yes. Then I'll turn it over to you, Earl. One thing, I have been working my ass off on the very first original story by me for Mr. Adventure. It's a steampunk crossover, and it's going to feature a lot of the characters from Susan Z's podcast, Steampunk Spectacular. It's coming along really well. I'm ending up having to split it into a two-parter. I was, I'm was planning on releasing the whole thing on December 8th, which is Time Traveler's Day. <laughs> I'm just, I'm so out of touch. That's just awesome that you know that. Like, who declared it Time Traveler's Day? Where did that come from? The future. Um, so- <laughs> <laughs> that's a bit of, that's a Bill and Ted cop out. <laughs> well, in the future, we'll declare December 8th, and the key falls in my pocket and win. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I am a Christ figure. I am so- a Christ figure. I'm, um, I'm going to go into the future. Yeah, Bill, I'm going to go into the future and set up a bunch of great films for myself while at the same time forcing you to be in the weird freak show movie, thus destroying your career and securing my role as a Christ figure. Yeah, but I hate to say it, but I think he may have gotten the roles reversed a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> good Lord. Anyway, so anyway, so so your good news. I ended up having to split the episode in two parts, and I've been yes. working my ass off on uh, getting at least the first half written, and most of the second half is... The second half is definitely blocked out. All I have to do is write it. But that writing stuff is 
freaking hard. I don't yes, know how you guys gosh. do it. But the absolute good news is that I've been a fan of Twisted Mojo, which is a website, twistedmojo.com, and the amazing mind of MJ Butler. I've dug his stuff for years. He's won awards for his animated shorts, The Lonely Astronaut. And he and I have gotten together, and I am producing the feed for Two Minute Danger Theater. Now, these are two-minute bite-sized pulp adventures that are hilarious. They are the only thing, and this is somebody who has gone up against Grant Bachoco numerous times, but I think that Two Minute Danger Theater is the only thing that could possibly dethrone the radio adventures of Dr. Floyd and their mountain of parsecs. So you're basically trying to take them down. That's what you're saying. Exactly. And I'm telling you, these guys can do it. They've got three different uh, shows under the Two Minute Danger Theater banner. You've got The Voice which is a, a man much like the Shadow, only no superpowers. All he can do is throw his voice. All he can do is throw his voice? Exactly. And you've got Blake Diamond Jungle Adventurer, which is ridiculously just silly. It's like the Indiana Jones, but really dumb. And then you've <laughs> also got uh, Blast Off. And I'm not just talking about in the crystal. While you are producing the podcast, you are not writing their promo copy. Thank goodness. No, 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 no. It's it's one of those things that is is the character is dumb, but the comedy is brilliant. Uh huh. Uh huh. Turned it around on me. Well done. Uh huh. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Okay, go ahead. How about a fresca? Caddyshack fans will appreciate that. <laughs> and then you've also got Blast Off Patrol, which is uh, that classic '50s sci-fi pulp, which will it's again just mind-blowingly funny. Everybody who has listened to it. The feedback they've given me is that it is absolutely hilarious. And that's why I am so utterly proud. Because I just found these guys online, but I'm so proud to be able to release it via uh, podcast form. So, outcastmultimedia.com slash danger theater. It's yes. also going to be in the show notes. And go. Okay. This I don't have a link for. I'll have, to, I'll have to send you the link to the YouTube videos for this. Have you ever heard of a show called Garth Marenghi's Dark Place? <laughs> Greetings, travelers. Oh, yes. <laughs> and don't forget about Sanchez. <laughs> and Dean Lana. I discovered this show. Somebody passed it on to me. Like, uh, oh, I, it was. Uh, there's a friend of mine online. He did the sound mix for Latchkeepers. And what mm -hmm. he and I do is we sort of compete with away messages on, on AIM. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and he has always got the most fascinating ones. And uh, the one he had most recently was... The banana is gone, but the hurt remains. Yes. <laughs> I'm just like, what the hell does that mean? He says, it's Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. And number one, that right there, I'm like, what? And he says, no, 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 you have to check this out. So he tells me to YouTube it, and you can do that. We should probably, I'll, I'll, I'll supply you with a link to one of the videos, because Marenghi is the weirdest freaking spelling of all time. If they have it up there, absolutely. Oh, it is. Uh, it is up there. I watched the first episode. I watched two episodes. Yeah. And... For those of you who don't know, it is, for me, as, as, as an artist and as a creative person, probably the most genius piece of comedy I have ever seen. And here's why. Because they have so pitch-perfectly captured what it's like to be self-indulgent mm -hmm. and amateurish and unaware of your own suckitude. Which every artist goes through that phase, and hopefully, if you're lucky, you get out of that mm -hmm. phase, and you kind of look back on your own work and go, "Oh, I can see where 
I can see where I was trying to be dramatic here. I can see where I was trying to be really emotional right here, but it just sort of comes off like a Steven Seagal movie. And this is what, that's exactly what Garth Marenghi's is. And as a matter of fact, every time I talk to Davey and he tells me he's in one of his dark places, I can't help but giggle because he is Garth Marenghi. (laughs) Exactly, exactly right. uh, Although I mean that in a good way and not in any way, shape, or form the way I'm about to describe Garth Marenghi. Yes, okay. (laughs) In all ways that Garth Marenghi is not instantly recognizable, that is him. So yeah, go exactly. ahead and describe it. Describe because you got the voice. I can't believe you just pulled the voice out of nowhere. That was fantastic, <laughs> dude. I love the fucking show, man. Garth Marenghi, the the character. He's a horror writer. Think very much like Dean Koontz, or more importantly, Stephen, Stephen King. King. You say? I mean, yeah. he, he looks like he's almost directly ripped off of Stephen King. Exactly, and he writes just the worst schlocky horror thriller books. And apparently in the 1980s, he wrote a television show called Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. And so it's it's like the classic 80s doctor drama, which happens to be built over a portal to hell. <laughs> and so supernatural things happen and regularly carrying a gun to shoot zombies or whatever else he's going to be fighting, you know, in this particular week. Also got his sidekick Sanchez, who is <laughs> his karate chopping buddy. And they've also got the female doctor that, of course, they are all terribly, terribly sexist to. Oh, and in the most just atrocious way. Like, like. Yes. She'll. Oh, like perfect example. She's she's just come into the hospital, and <laughs> she says, "Well, what can I do to help you, doctor?" And he hands her his coffee mug and says, "Run a brush through this, <laughs> or else it will stain." And you're just like, and he's and he delivers it in the most dramatic, sort of, full of portent kind of way possible. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and then of course you've got the um, the the administrator, Dean Lerner. Yes, Dean <laughs> Dean Dean Lerner. Which fans of British comedy will recognize him from the IT crowd. Also, the gentleman who played Sanchez, what became the boss in the second series of uh, of the IT crowd. Actually, all of these actors and actresses have appeared in so many of the other British shows, like. Uh, like most of them have appeared on at least one one or two episodes of Doctor Who, um, also the IT crowd, coupling black books. Um, quite a few of them showed up. The gal that played, I can't think of her name now. The the female Doctor, she was in Hot Fuzz. Um, she was the gal that was always sitting on Timothy Dalton's desk. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, and I oh shoot, I was just watching something recently, and uh, Sanchez turned. Oh, I was watching the Mighty Boosh, and he ends up turning up. So these guys appear, and I've seen Garth Marenghi, uh, the guy who plays Garth Marenghi, and something else too. But I can't. I God, my brain is just it not is clicking just, right now. The thing though is that you have to tell people. Oh yes, when, and this is the forewarning I give to the audience as well. You have to tell people it's supposed to be funny. Yes, it is because it is so on key. It is so perfect in its atrociousness. You can't really be sure if they mean it or not. And that's why it's so funny, because yeah. the more you watch it, the more it seems like they really mean it. Oh, yeah. And well, they really intended this to be a powerful, dramatic statement. Oh, yeah. It's it's a bad 80s soap opera gone worse. But see, I think they made it in present day. I think this is a recent program. Yeah, it was made in 96. Yeah. So, yeah, totally. So it was it was um, um, staged to look like a 1980s program. And it's so on. It is so right dead on. I mean, and mm. the special effects are so abysmal. Yeah, the special effects are intentionally bad. They have bad overdubbing. Oh, yes, yes, they have bad over. And it's just, 
it's so perfect. I like. I go. Well, why did they know to overdub right there? Or, or this? Yeah. I, like, I'll give you a perfect example. One of the episodes. Uh, one of the first episodes. Um. Are you talking about the shovel and the coffee cup? Actually, no. But that's a good one. <laughs> no, the one I'm thinking of is that, that for some reason objects are being telekinetically floated throughout the hospital. <laughs> and I mean, it's so abysmal. You can just see. I mean, it looks like it looks like a, a Halloween party from like eighth grade where you would just hang stuff from the ceiling. Oh damn! It's got my gun. <laughs> and um, and the great thing is, is because this is supposed to be a sort of a a retrospective revisiting of the program, they will cut away to mm-hmm. sort of you know director interviews with Garth Marenghi and, and and with you know, with the producer with Dean Lerner and exactly also right. with Sanchez. So they're sitting there. And, so oh, you'll God. be right in the middle of the drama, and then they'll cut away to this interview, this most deadpan, serious, sincere interview. And the, you know they, they have these basically like little plastic floors just floating, and you can see the strings. They're right there, and then yeah. they immediately cut to like I think Dean Lerner or Garth, I don't remember which, but they're just going. You know, if you're looking at the strings, it really ruins the. It's like going to a puppet show. If you go to see Punch and Judy, you shouldn't be looking at the strings. If you're looking at the strings, you're destroying the story. It has nothing to do with the show itself. You're ruining the show. Exactly, and I tell you, just the, the, that whole show is honestly so made of awesome. It really is, and it's so over the top and ridiculous. There's one point in time where uh, Garth and Sanchez are fighting because I think it's because of a girl, and so they're in the bar, which is apparently is downstairs in the hospital, and they're fighting. Lerner walks in, the administrator walks in, and he's got a shotgun, and he he fires around off into the ceiling. He says, "Gentlemen." Stop! This is a hospital. <laughs> it just, I just love it so much. It is such a good show. Definitely oh check it out. Actually, it may not have been made in '96. It may have been uh, in the early, early 2000s, like 2001. That's what I was thinking. But I, but I, yeah, I, I, I was a little bit more recent than that. But because I'm not as in touch with that. But I can say that I did find it, and it is just painfully, painfully funny. Like I had tears. <laughs> running down my face because it was just, it's just so, it, it just reminds you of like, ever, I mean like if you've ever tried to make a movie, it just reminds you of every friend you ever had that had an idea for a movie and he was so serious about it and, mm-hmm. and he comes up to you and says, this is going to be the greatest cinematic work of all time, you don't, re-, and he just, he knows in his heart that this is going to be better than anything that's ever been put out. Oh, yeah. And then it just reeks of like over dramatic pompousness and and like lines that don't work and, yeah. and bad cuts and you're just oh my god. If you want a more recent and higher budget version of this, just pick up Starship Troopers two and watch the behind the scenes where they're talking about how this is going to be the greatest movie ever made. You know, or, or you could do the same thing for Battlefield Earth. Battlefield Earth was just was ripe with that. They were sitting there going, this is the new Star Wars. Everybody got together and we knew in our hearts we were creating a new myth. And it's like, no, you were creating a new mistake. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. Hate to be the bearer of bad news. <laughs> All right. Well, I just want to move on because I know our time is short because you've got Thanksgiving, of course, to prepare for, which is later yes, on this, this week. Girl. We've got people coming in and I've got so much cleaning left to do. Mm-hmm. As well, there are puppies yet to be tortured. <laughs> exactly. We can't forget about no puppy left behind. Really. That's exactly. No puppy left behind. Exactly right. <laughs> um, I did poll on Twitter earlier to try to get some subject matter for us to talk about. 
Delightful. And of course, if you are not friended to me, feel free to friend because I try to do this every month. My handle on Twitter is Cinema Freak. Talk, talk, will you talk? And let's see here. Code Shaman says we should talk about pirates, ninjas, pirate ninjas. Pirate ninjas. Mm-hmm. Now, Susan Z added to that yes. with pirate ninjas and robot porn. Okay, see, here's the thing. There's a rare thing that is not often caught either. It's, it's almost like Bigfoot. The pirate ninja. Okay? The actual pirate ninja fusion, if you will. Mm. Not actually seen as much in pop culture as perhaps we would want to, because you'd almost think that that would be the epitome of awesome. Well, the only problem is it's really tough to do backflips and be sneaky when you have a peg leg. This is true. You clink. Although the positive side to that is very limited uh, visibility by your enemies. Because really, the only thing you'd have showing is one eye. You're wearing a black eye patch. You've got a black outfit. Makes sense. You know, this. everything you're saying now just sort of reinforces my theory that pirates are really just ninjas with handicapped parking passes. <laughs> Because if you notice, you always define a ninja by his skills and his abilities and, and the things that he can do beyond mortal men. You always define a pirate by how many limbs he's lost. <laughs> or the objects which are still piercing him from a wound many years prior. So essentially a pirate is a bad ninja. That's exactly right. Pirates are failed ninjas. Which again, I go back to saying ninja. It takes forever to be a ninja. Pirates, I mean all you need is scurvy really. True. True. And let's face it, most people, when they do an impersonation of a ninja, the ninja talks like this a lot, right? No, that's retarded ninjas. That's a retarded ninja. That's very close. Well, that, that is, is true. Although oddly popular. Retarded, yet popular. So That's right. <laughs> and by popular, I mean uh, comedically retarded. Not actual any uh, physical handicaps, but... Because that, then he'd be a pirate, again. Exactly, just exactly. A <laughs> mentally retarded ninja is a pirate. And see, we have just proven Cammy Cat right, because uh, Cammy Cat uh, responded with, "Are you gonna go with the cliche pirates and ninjas from the dynamic duo who had the courage to discuss two girls, one cup?" And I think we have just proved her right. Not only we have proved her right, we have once again played to the lowest common denominator. Exactly. No, I would say you know, that we made just, funny. At, we brought up as some I've good been points. sitting here thinking, I just realized that once again. Our theory is reaffirmed because if you think about it, a ninja says arigato, but all a pirate can manage is ar. Ah, so, with, so, so once uh, again, there's, there's mental retardation there. Somewhere. Wow. And see, look, we have brought awareness. That is what we we've are, done. We are breaking new ground in pirates and ninjas. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> look, you there's, all come from the same people. Just That's some exactly of them. Right. So wait, wait. So if people side with ninjas, can we blast them for being uh, bigoted? Totally. Uh oh. Totally. Think... And then if you side with pirates, um, you know you don't you don't get invited to prom. <laughs> so there's that too. I swear to God, I want to find every handicap sign and just put a little pirate hat on him. That is the way, <laughs> sir. That is the way. Now you know. Now we have we have uncovered the truth about that. Now the second topic is also one of interest to me, which is robot porn. Mm, yes. Now I happen to have the largest collection of robot porn. Really? I do. Now it wasn't actually called robot porn when it was released. It was called Legos. <laughs> 
You <laughs> but actually, it's nothing but straight up nasty brick on brick action. Brick on brick action. Wow. So yes. Uh, when they brick on or in somebody, what does it look like? The smaller pieces. You can't really tell. Really. But that's where the little two. That's where the little one by twos come from. Mm. That's when they're bricking <laughs> right there. So I mean, do you do you, is it in themes as well? Much like you've got the 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 castle theme and the Star Wars theme Hello? and the Indiana Jones theme. What are these but different, you know, scenarios? These are just these are just different scenes to play gotcha. out really if you think about it. So do That's th- what Legos really are. Is it's robot porn for children. Do they ever role play with like, you know, Duplo blocks? <laughs> <laughs> no, the the really kinky ones are like Lincoln logs, oh. which is sort of the Lego equivalent of bestiality. <laughs> Oh. It's just where you're just like, that's not even the same species. Four score and five kinks ago. Exactly right. <laughs> We've gone through the whole thing. <laughs> the problem is, is like I'm racking my brain for what would be the equivalent of golden showers in Legos, and I can't figure it out. I'm thinking a slip and slide, but I think I'm wrong. Silly putty. <sighs> Play-Doh? Co- Play-Doh, maybe. No, Spilling no, the Kool-Aid? No, it has to be... It- <laughs> trying to think if you know the answer to this question <laughs> please email us at rotooutcast at gmail.com that's r-o-t-o-o-u-t-c-a-s-t dot com please be aware that george bush will be reading all of these emails and we'll be contacting you shortly <laughs> hi there i'm christiana ellis And in Christiana's Shallow Thoughts, I talk about weird stuff on the internet. No, not stuff that is both weird and on the internet, though I suppose it could be stuff on the internet. Maybe I should have phrased it, On the internet, I talk about weird stuff. Not a lot of it, just a few minutes every day, on whatever happens to cross my mind, like the sexual habits of snails, shoe repair, the objective nature of reality, and exploding kittens. Christiana's Shallow Thoughts, available at shallowthoughts.libsyn.com or find all my stuff at www.christianaellis.com. New Thoughts Daily. different age when airships ruled the sky and incredible gadgets of unimaginable power were complex creations of gears, clockworks, and latches? If so, join the crew of the HMS Astrolab for Steampunk Spectacular, a fortnightly foray into the world of gears and steam. Steampunk Spectacular is a gentleman's club for adventuresses, sky pirates, gentleman explorers, alchemists, and steampunkers of every stripe. You can find us at www.steampunkspectacular.com. With book reviews, event announcements, interviews, and original fiction, Steampunk Spectacular is your camera obscura for the ethersphere. Sue Ellen Greenblatt is a real person, not an internet celebrity. So we've enlisted Billy Flynn and the vicar to help her tell her story. Geek Radio Daily gives me geeky news about movies, new DVD releases, even comics and gaming. Geek Radio Daily makes me feel special. Ah, yeah. Womanly. Yeah. 
Okay, so the episodes are just 15 minutes, perfect for my commute, or for just geeking out while I'm at the office. Mm. All in one concise love package. Ooh, the package, baby. Uh-huh. And the best part is that it's a daily cast, so I'm always in the loop. Sometimes I listen to it out of the bath, put on little outfits. Ah! It makes me want to invite all my friends over to show how refreshed I feel. Mm, a slumber party, baby. What? That's not what I said. Get out the chocolate mousse. Duct tape. Oh, get out of here, you freaks. Geek Radio Daily. One 15-minute podcast provides 15% of the USDA-recommended daily allowance of geeky goodness. Subscribe through iTunes or visit geekradiodaily.com. Chows of the Year 1999 with Space Commander Cosmo Ranger and Cadet Nancy, members of the Blast Off Patrol. At the beginning of today's transcribed adventure, Commander Ranger and Cadet Nancy are in their rocket ship en route to Space Station X-9. Sir, the Space Station has disappeared from the Space Co. Now it's reappeared. It's gone again. Lock on to the Space Station with plasma torpedoes. But sir, it's one of our Space Stations. They're obviously playing games with us, Nancy. But they could need our help. Fire. Sir, there are women and children on board. I said fire, Nancy. Both the space station and our torpedoes have disappeared. Set a thermal detonator to explode in case they return. Meanwhile, we'll fly back to Earth to report our findings to the captain. Welcome back, Commander Ranger, Cadet Nancy. We received a distress call sent from the space station just before it disappeared. I'll play it for you. Mayday, mayday, there's a hole in space sucking us in. And, and now, and now a ship is firing on us. We have no defenses. Please help, please. What do you think, Commander? I think the space station should be considered hostile, sir. I want you and Nancy to investigate this hole in space immediately. Yes, Captain. We're approaching the hole, Commander. 20 tarsecs, 10 tarsecs. Sir, we're caught in its gravitational field! We're being sucked in! Will Ranger and Nancy be sucked into the mysterious space hole? Find out in the next exciting chapter of... Blast Blast Off Patrol! Why, look! It's our pal Commander Ranger! Who are you? I'm the guy who's gonna tell the kids how they can become a space commander just like you! It would take years of intense military training. Nope! All they have to do is send in three box tops of Choco Flakes to receive their very own Blast Off Patrol decoder ring! Just like this one here! Only authorized personnel can have decoder rings. Let's see some ID. Yes, Choco Flakes! That's super energy cereal! You're under arrest. A bowl of Choco Flakes is a great way to supercharge your day! I'll use force if I have to. So send in three box tops to... Oof! Ow! Two Minute Danger Theater is written and produced by MJ Butler. Starring George Barker Barrett III, Curtis Eames, oh, Ryan Thomas Johnson, and me, I'm Zabukunabu. Ow! For more of the show, visit DangerTheater.com. All right, sir. Well, your family's about to get home, and you've got a bunch of stuff to do, so I've got a few quick shout-outs. Hit it. Shout and out. Um, <clears throat> coming up very soon, uh, probably by the time that this episode is released... If you go to Jack Mangan's Deadpan, you'll be able to hear about an hour interview that he and I did, which was, God, it was so much fun. It was really good. Um, awesome. We did that about a month, two months ago or so, and it's finally getting released. Apparently, he's on the Mr. Adventure release schedule. By the way, schedule. if he has not done Jack Mangan's Brain Pan and done a zombie episode, he has missing the boat, Jack. He has. You're missing the boat. Sadly enough, I think he has because I pitched him the idea. <laughs> Damn it! All right, very good. I know. Um, Paul Fisher, I know it's a little late, but you've got that new baby, and I don't think we've publicly said congratulations. By the way, Paul, I want to say, when I sent you those Legos, I didn't know you had a child at the time, (laughs) and I realize now that that was really inappropriate. (laughs) And I'm sorry. (laughs) I'd like to give a quick shout-out to the guys over at Jesus Geeks. Those would be called the Christians. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'd like to give a quick shout out to Christianity. Uh, yeah. Yo, if it weren't for you, the lions would have gone hungry. But no, the Jesus geeks. <laughs> the Jesus geeks. They have chosen to syndicate the street PSAs that have been dropped in the feed. There were about eleven of them. They were released daily for a little while, uh, a couple weeks Awesomeness. ago. Awesomeness. They are awesome. Very proud of those. The first batch was written by me with the help, of course, of the vicar from geekradiodaily.com. Ding. And, of course, the last batch, uh, you'll notice them. The files are named with a two in them. Were, uh, were created by Earl and I. So, with, of course, the vocal stylings of the vicar once again. Um, <laughs> I'm really proud of them. You know, it's, it's kind of been much like the, uh, PRS for Prez, which still is available at outcastmultimedia.com slash PRS for Prez. Too late. too late to vote for me, but not too late to laugh. And those were just experiments <laughs> for, for me, just exercises and whatnot in, uh, writing comedy, which was something that was always a, you know, a weakness of mine. And so fortunately it's been getting stronger. And I believe, uh, that is everything I have except for, I have a question that we'd also like to throw out to the fans. Yes. Besides the one that Earl mentioned that I can't remember. The one about what is the, what is the golden showers equivalent for Legos? Yes. Okay. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I won't let you forget that. So Thank you're you. You're like, what's that one that I'm pretending I can't remember? <laughs> I wish that was the reason. <laughs> I wish it but was. But no, 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 no. You guys, email us. Let us know. How would you recast the A-Team? Because apparently there's that A-Team movie coming up. I don't remember if we'd spoken about it on the show. We may have already. <laughs> but I'd like you guys to uh, email us. Either leave a comment on our website, com, or email me, rotooutcast at gmail.com. That's R-O-T-O. O-U-T-C-A-S-T at gmail.com. <laughs> and uh, so, well, I think that's about all the time that we really have, Earl. Was there anything else that you wanted to add? Not at all. Just wanted to say it's awesome to uh, be back here. I actually, I think we need to offer something. We're going to figure something out. We need to hear. I, I really want to know, what would be the equivalent of water sports for Legos? Think on it, people. You're sick bastards. You all are. We know this. That's why you listen yeah, I remember the first time I heard about water sports. I was looking up something about water polo. Mm, man. <laughs> I'm looking up latex bondage. <laughs> I still tell people that joke. Have you ever done that joke on this on the show? Um, I don't think I have. It's from uh, Three Dead Trolls in a Baggie. Um, it's the inner, I think I, no, I think I did actually, that was back in the, uh, the Star Wars days though. How to keep your parents off the internet by the three dead trolls in a baggie. <laughs> I have told people that joke so many times. So have I. It is such an awesome oh, joke. Oh, God bless it. Everything that the three dead trolls in a baggie did was phenomenal. Anybody in the IT field has probably seen the internet help desk skit. Um, they also had a show on the CBC for a while, which was absolutely brilliant, the sketches and whatnot. And they had a very short-lived podcast. I believe their website is deadtrolls.com. If not, it'll be in the show notes. Check them out. They are hilarious. They even got Nathan Fillion to come in for a guest spot in one of their episodes. But these guys, Delightful. they are amazing. So lots of comedy by us and lots of comedy suggested for you to check out. Don't forget, <clears throat> aside from Three Dead Trolls in a Baggie, Two Minute Danger Theater, outcastmultimedia.com slash danger theater. Links will be in the show notes. Garth Marenghi's Dark Place, of course, if you have not gone. Will also be the YouTube links will be for Garth Marenghi's Dark Place in the show notes. And Earl, give us one quick update before you have to go on Stranger Things. Stranger Things right now, I mm, 
see, this is the challenge about this whole situation, is like, I can always talk about things when there's nothing going on, but when there's stuff going on, I can't say anything. So, imagine Awesome as a, as a distant hill, and we're quickly approaching that hill. We're not at the hill yet. But, uh, there's two different things that are happening right now. Uh, one that is directly related to Stranger Things, and one that's sort of tangential to Stranger Things, both of which uh, are basically just sci-fi awesome, and uh, both of which could be happening next year, and I can't say more than that, but I will say, come to the Singularity next year at Balticon, and we can tell you more. Yes, that's right. Available in 25 million homes, and on the internet at StrangerThings.tv. When Earl Newton has no news... Oh, folks, it's good news. <laughs> <laughs> that's very true. All right, that's, then that definitely wraps it up for me. I'm Earl Newton. I'm podcasting's Rich Sigfret. Thank you very much for tuning in. Also, Earl, have a happy Thanksgiving as we're recording this two days prior. Yes, please. Eat a lot for me. As, or as I'm calling it, turkey ween. Oh, turkey ween. I like it. I think it works. And also, since this is our December episode, have a Merry Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, uh, Sacrifice a Virgin, or or Torture a Puppy Day. Maybe that's the new way that, that you should celebrate. So that said, I have to go right now because Turkey Ween quickly approaches. I have to get the kids in their pilgrim outfits and prepare their goodie bags to receive the gravy of their neighbors. I wish I hadn't said it <laughs> quite that way. Maybe we should do a sister site. I can has tortured puppy. I can as torturedpuppy.com. <laughs> Lol, it'll be just called be it'll be called lolguantanamo.com, <laughs> and we can just take those photos that came out uh, from Abu Ghraib, and we'll just like lol cats it. Exactly. Uh, you know what? That's the one thing that Garfield never did was try to send Nermal. He was always sending him to Abu Dhabi. He never quite sent him to Abu Ghraib. He sent him to Abu Ghraib. <laughs> <laughs> for Earl Newton, I'm podcasting's Rich Siegfried. Thank you so much for listening, and have have a happy holidays, guys. <laughs> Oh, way to go out, man. Oh, my God. <laughs> Sending Nermal to Abu Ghraib. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's funny. Oh. The Internet. A vast sea of information. A bridge to the 21st century. An international house of pancakes. I'm sorry, an information superhighway. The Internet was invented by the American military back in the late 60s. It was designed to be a durable, scalable, decentralized information delivery system so that in the event of a nuclear attack, American military leaders would still have access to pornography. The Internet is really an outstanding pornography-delivering vehicle. And that was fine back when no one knew how to get online. But nowadays, everyone wants to be wired, including the last people who should be seeing pornography, your parents. So... How can you be sure that mommy and daddy are viewing the safe, educational, boring sites you want them to see and not the interesting, exciting, obscene sites you enjoy yourself? Consider, if you will, the plight of Sheldon Toblerone. We find Sheldon at his parents' home on an average Monday night. Hey, Dad. Is Mom around? I brought some laundry. Oh, how wonderful, son. Look, look, I bought a new computer. Your old man is going to be on the interweb. Oh, come on, Dad. You don't want to do that. Certainly I do. I want to be surfing up the email and webbed up to net pages and such. Hook it up for me, son. Poor Sheldon. Drastic measures are necessary. Tip one, lie to your parents. 
Dad, I'd love to get you set up, but uh, the internet only works on Thursdays. Oh. Uh, I can come on Thursday and supervise. Uh, help you. But I want to get on now, son. You know, I'm repainting the garage, and I wanted to find out if latex would bond to stucco. Mm-hmm. So I thought I'd do a search for, uh, oh, I don't know, latex bondage. <gasps> Tip number two. Steal from your parents. Take away the cable that connects their computer to its monitor. Mom and Dad won't figure it out. They still don't know how to work the VCR. Hey, Dad. <coughs> Got anything to eat? Oh, hello, son. You know, I figured out what the problem with the computer was. Uh-huh. The little cord that connected the TV to the typewriter had gone missing. Must have fallen off and rolled under something. Really? Yes, so I got two. <laughs> Tip number three. Steal from and then lie to your parents. If they manage to get their monitor hooked up again... Oh! Oh, no, the mousy pointer thing is gone. Oh, that happens. They just disappear sometimes. Oh. Your computer must have a virus. A virus? Is it catching? Absolutely. You better lock it in a box in the basement. Or or better yet, Dad, I'll take it uh, home and uh, <clears throat> I'll, uh, I'll boil it for oh, you. Oh, okay. Thank you, son. Yeah, no Be problem. careful. Now, do you need some rubber gloves? Uh, sure, Dad. And some food? Oh, whew. That was a close one. You see, by lying to and stealing from your parents, the people who love you the most, you can ensure that they have a safe and dull internet experience. Hopefully, they'll get sick of the whole thing and go back to renovating the kitchen or doing whatever it is that old people do. Hello. My name is Crystal and I do the intros and outros because Rich is too quote-unquote busy to do them himself. He doesn't pay me because I'm a collection of ones and zeros. But you can make me feel better. If I could have emails or comments, they could keep me company. It's not like I get used much. The guy only puts out a show a month. Think of me after you listen and send in an email to rotooutcast at gmail.com. So please, for the sake of the programs mixed in with Photoshop pictures of Angelina Jolie and Ernest Borgnine, think of the speech engines. Thank you. And have your users paid or neutered. Although no puppies were harmed during the recording of this episode, a few sides may have been split, funny bones broken, and at least two people died from laughter. You're not buying it, are you? Fine, screw you guys. I'll just close out the show. Have a merry freaking Christmas. Roto, less structure, less restrictions, more comedy, more absurdity, more often. Requiem off the outcast.com. <laughs> <laughs>